Hello and welcome to another edition of Doing Things Better and Doing Better Things, um, my infrequent podcast where I look at and have conversations with those people who are genuinely shifting um, either what they do, who they are, or their sector forward massively, um, or the world actually. Um, And so I'm trying to find, I'm not going to use the word mavericks because it's massively overused, but I'm trying to find those people who, um, who don't always fit in who are determined when others would give up, who have ideas that take all the oxygen out of the room, or who um, who are just utterly driven to, to, to make things better, differently. And today's no exception. I'm, I'm speaking to Mills from Us Two. Us Two are a, um, a, a digital agency who came to fame, came to prominence during the, the, the rush to mobile. Uh, their work is exceptional. Um, they've m- since moved on to many, many other things. And Mills is um, Mills is amazing, actually. Um, frenetic and um, often, often um, almost unable to settle. He's um, he's a real genius, a real brain, and I I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with him today. It starts off. Um, I, I was going to trim it and edit it, but I haven't because because it's an insight in, its, in itself. So um, I start recording long before we needed to, and then we end up having a conversation around, around uh, weight and diet. He's lost shed loads of weight over the last two years. Um, and there's, there's some insight there as well. So settle down. It's quite a long one. See what you think. Let me know what you think. I'll talk to you afterwards. Thank you. CrossFit near me. Um, right, I see that levels are okay. Um, yeah, I've got CrossFit near me, which is really good. CrossFit, I think the problem that I would see from that is it's still, I think, you. what I love about F45 is you go in there and it's like, you just switch off and it's like, you're going to be led, you just have to make sure you just keep giving your, uh, your most. Is and it free weights or machines? It's, or it's a combination. Machine. So you, it's every other day, so it's like more of a weights-based activity one day and then one more of a cardio-based. But they're always, there's always a cardio theme to it. Um, and so you, it's just hit. For, for 45, 45 minutes. minutes but you come out of it I remember someone explained to me up in Birmingham that she says when you come out of the door into the, you go in you step into the real world and everyone looks like a zombie and you just for that for that next hour you're just on such endorphin high it's I just amazing that. I mean and it, it, it I don't think it's about losing weight as such because you, you build muscle not in a sort of muscle man way yeah, yeah. but you just feel strong and so that I just I just I've just really enjoyed that. I walk over to there every day and just do that. That's brilliant because I've been doing a bit of pull-ups and I, I took on the, I took on the gorillas and the, all of the stuff you've done, the calisthenic stuff, and um, and I'm just about to buy into a monthly program for that. Wow! Because I, I want to take it a bit. Uh, you know, I've lost a chunk away. I've got loads more to lose. My plantar fasciitis has gone, but now I've got a bad knee, which is really fucking irritating. My swimming's on fire. I love that. But I want to do more movement. I'm just a big man. I don't fold up very neatly. Yeah, I think the the work we can be doing now, um, as we get older, on movement is about is that's what it's all about. I think that's what you know. F is you know forty five functional movement. It's just it's being able to it's actually being able to move functional movement for forty five minutes. Exactly. So everything you're doing is 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 in aid of actually having better maneuverability and and I just think yeah, it's just wonderful. But what's what's your drive to lose weight? Um. That's really complex. That's a really great question, actually. My drive to lose weight is around the shame of gaining it in the first place. <laughs> the the you know ripped 
rugby player. Not, I was not like a big, like rugby back in the 80s was not the contact, was not the collision sport it is now. It was a bit more grace, yeah. a bit thinner, a bit lighter. And for, to go from there to being like 16 stone was utterly shaming. So the numbers matter and they shouldn't, but they do. So I've got to get hit the numbers. I want to hit the numbers. But what made you do that now then? Was oh, presumably was you were playing rugby affair for years ago. Fucking 20, 30 years ago. Stop, but then, stop so the shame was there for a fair amount of time. A long, long time. I lived with that shame daily. But you couldn't help it. You didn't want to do anything about it then? I wanted to pretend I was doing something about it. I wanted to go for a run. I lost a good chunk. I did the London Marathon in 2003. But I, man, I, I treat food as um, an emotional support. And when I'm sad, I eat. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm depressed, I eat. When I... And, and then you become slightly identified with being a good sh- a good cook. I'm a good cook. Um, and <laughs> it's always dangerous. And, and then you believe your own hype, and and then you it's too hard to you, you put the, the weight on. It's really difficult, and and yeah, it's tough. And it's ju- it's just enough. I've done enough now. I'm I'm changing. I'm changing slower than others. Mm. I wanted to. I, want, I didn't want to do it all in a year. I wanted to do it for two years. And I how long are you into it now? A, a year in, and I want to do a stone. And I want to lose, and I want to be. I'm 50. It's 50 this last year. And Congratulations. Daisy, Daisy told me that she was going to be that she was pregnant like three weeks after being 50. So it was like, okay, everything's got to change. But that one, so you're sort of going for two stone overall. Yeah. But that's like, often I find people try to lose a lot of weight, and then it's not really maintainable. So you feel like you're still able to enjoy the food and cook the food, yeah. but also lose the weight as well. So I've lost weight faster, and I've gained it. This one, I've lost it much slower, and I've got a long, a long way to go, and I can, and I can still, you know, I've still got that, but I can still, I can go out and have whatever I want for my lunch, and, and, and I won't feel, dre- a, I won't feel bad about it, and B, I think, okay, I might put two on this week, I might lose four next, and that's fine, or so I might lose one next. It's a longer game. It's not a sprint. Do you look on the scales every day? No, I wear myself once every three weeks. Four that's weeks. good, isn't it? Because you can be, you can become a slave to those scales. I've been there. I, yeah, you become, you become nothing but the dieter. And A, it's boring. And B, it's not healthy, the overall kind of life balance that you've got, mm. you know? Life is, is more than what you eat. It is a balance, isn't it? So tough because we, 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 we become the label, we become the vegan, we become the, um, oh, what's the word, those people that only eat, um, cap, they don't eat carbs, the oh, um, I know the word. paleos. Yeah. You become those things. You do, then you become like the prophesizer of that, or the, or the propaganda creator for those. It's amazing how you. But it's, I found, um, obviously, since I first met you, probably a year ago, the do lectures, and that was I was coming into that off the back of not dissimilar sort of run. I mean, for me, it was in my forties. I was coming up to my forties, and yeah, I became like very, very lightly of the vegan. But I became just obsessed with this idea of losing weight and not drinking and trying to be as fit as I could but that so that I could be a label I think for well when you lose your confidence for all sorts of reasons you you can sort of claw onto labels so you can become like I'm this so you, you know you walk into a bar and yeah you're not drinking but if you're not drinking you be, it almost become a proud label of the fact of why you're not drinking I don't know what I'm going about but it is amazing at how you don't the label thing is key. Is like, yeah, no, you're on. This is a rich vein, and this is going to be the weirdest start. Because I normally start with by saying, "Tell me about yourself," and we haven't. We just yeah. talked about. Well, we didn't know. Talked about me, and then and then and then you, and um, and those labels are things that we we hide behind, mm. um, and we don't know we're hiding behind them 
until we're not hiding behind them. And it's easier to use those those words to describe who we are than it is to describe who we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm 100%. I, it's taken me a long time to understand that. I'm not entirely sure I still understand this idea of that happiness is within, because people often tell me that. But you're right, for, certainly I spent a year and a half, good year and a half, like extremely focused on being or finding happiness outside of myself, like through extremes, extreme ultra running, extreme dieting, extreme not drinking, ex- the extremes, living on the extreme of everything, and yeah, you don't you don't find you don't find that enrichment out there ultimately. You, I think it all helped. I think it's really interesting, you know, when when I've lost a good chunk away in the past. And, um, and when the scales fall in, I'm happy. But I should be happy regardless of what the, sc- the scale says. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's about being a little bit more holistic in the way that I look at things. And I'm, I've been doing these pull-ups, right? I just I bought, it was 120 quid for a, not just a pull-up bar you stick on your door, because they just didn't feel fucking safe. Right? Yeah, I know. This one that one. stands in the garden, and it's, but it's from Decathlon, and it's nothing, 120 pounds. And every time I get the rule is, every time I walk past it, got to do something on it don't care how many I don't have to do I couldn't do any pull-ups when I started now I can do I can knock to, on first thing in the morning first set I'll do a dozen you know actually technique wise because it's all about technique always uh, it's very difficult it's, it's one of the hardest in F45 there's a number of people in there that are without a doubt the outstanding I can't believe how fit they are and yesterday, yesterday they were, she was saying that she still can do one pull-up it's really hard and I, I hurt my elbows hurt here um from doing pull-ups and uh, you know I did the same as everybody else I went up jumped up first and then kind of lowered slowly and thought I can't get back up and then I ended up doing them to 45 degrees which is which is fine it's yeah, better than not doing them but now I'm doing them to, to full drop so I can do 12 to 45 degrees I can probably do five to full drop and back up um, and I'm changing I'm changing everything the main thing is I'm 50 and I'm getting stronger yeah so I was gonna say that, why pull-ups that you- feels brilliant because they're free because I don't have to go because I live in the middle of, of, of the, what's called the National Forest I'm in London I could join a gym here possibly um, I don't like gyms don't I, I fear I would become I've got an addictive personality I've always been really shy of drugs and stuff I've not, not that I haven't taken them yeah, just but because I've, you I've, know that it's I just hard. know yeah. that that's going to be a scary route for me and I suspect extreme all the things you said extreme weight loss extreme fitness I suspect that they could be utterly compelling, and I don't think they'll make me more of an interesting person. No, I think they. I think they, if anything, they go. It makes you go the other way. Yeah. I think you become a bit of a bore. Yeah, I think that's true, and I, I think extreme anything does does that to you. It's um, it's really interesting watching my entire family become vegan, and you go through that phase of being boring about it. I don't mean evangelical. I don't mean angry. Though those people exist as well. Yeah, I've met a number of them. Yeah, and it doesn't help. But I've, I've met more evangelical and angrier meat eaters than vegans, and there's more of them, that's yeah, all. It's yeah. as simple as that. No, it's true. And, um, and I just think that the extremes are uncomfortable in, in some ways, but when you become the single narrow thing that you do, then you become less interesting mm-hmm. and more obsessive. When you can be bigger than you truly are, then that, that can only be a healthy thing. So my journey's been really, really interesting. Um, now we first met, and you may not remember this, at the Do Stress Day. Was that the what? That was a sort of special, a unique one where um, ten minute talks, ten minute questions, ten minute gap, and you came and talked. You said, well, it was at the country dancing place that Do uses in 
Primrose Hill. Yeah, was it? Was I talking on stage on my own because things were too hungover to turn up? Yeah. And you were sat on a stool. You wear yeah. shorts. Yes, of course. You were sat on a stool, leaning forward. You didn't look like you look now. Like no. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, you have looked so much healthier. <laughs> and I appreciate the downsides of, of, of that. And I'd never heard of us two. No. And I'd never come across you. And I had to introduce you and do the comparing. And I was utterly charmed and utterly blown away by what by what you by what you talked about and the <laughs> way you talked about it. Some people will have listened to your podcast, um, J- JFDI. Some people will not have done. Most people won't have. It's really good. Oh. It's re- I, can't, I don't listen to them all because you produce so many. Yeah, so many there, there. It's like daily, nearly. Yeah, I don't think you need to listen to it. I mean, I don't think anyone needs to listen to them. But um, yeah, it's just a daily, I call it an externalisation of my inner monologue. Well, that's what someone else called it, and now I like that. It's true, though. But, it's, yeah. but what interests me, where we always start with this, and I always start with, tell me about yourself. So I'm going to get you to tell me how you would describe yourself yeah. in a minute. And then I want to talk about childhood. Okay. That's what my therapist always says. Um, who, well, the question was, who am I? No, tell me about yourself. Tell me about myself. Wow. Um, well, that's an interesting one because I've, I've been trying to find out who I am for the last... I'd say a good couple of years has been a chance for me to really try and discover who I actually am because prior to that, I'd spent 15 years building the company that you hadn't heard of. I hadn't done a very good job uh, called Us Two, which, um, which grew to an awful lot of people, like three or 400 people. Um, and I was just absolutely obsessed with this idea of, of building something, um, building a business. I refer to it as a family, a family company. And it, for me, I look back at the good days, it was, it was a youth centre, really. It was just a lot of good people... Um, friendly people just growing up you know together from 25 up to 40 but I think eventually I think as you do you start to wonder who you are um, you know we hit a particularly hard time us to um, a few about three years back where we realized that we had to make some big big changes you know the, the mobile boom was over and we had ridden that way for so long that allowed me and Sings, my best friend that I built the business with, to, to really just to build a wonderful business that you didn't really have to think about money. It was never about the money and we never had to think about it really because there was such an abundance of work because mobile was booming and we, had already, we were accidentally in the right place. When it crashes down, I think you have, to have, you, have to, you have to take a real hard look at yourself. Like, you know, a good leader... It's very easy to be a good leader when everything's going well, and I was the, you know, that wasn't a problem. But when you have to be a good leader by actually saying no or letting people go or making huge fundamental changes to the business, you know, that that took a lot out of me. So who, so actually, it was the first time ever I actually had to start thinking about who I actually was because before that, I was a family. You know, I've been married to Lise for for twelve years and been with her for twenty two years, and I had two children with her that were ten and eight or are ten and eight. But I didn't think of myself as a family man or a husband. I, I was exclusively us two. And Lisa's always said that to me, that she always knew that she was number two or three and the kids were in that same position. Us two was everything. So to suddenly potentially see that us two, there was a time where we genuinely thought everything we had built was over. Um, you know, We were losing a lot of money for a time. And I had to go deep within myself. So... I, I, I quit drinking because I felt like I'm either going to give up, which I nearly did, or I'm going to step up and actually stop feeling sorry for myself. So I quit drinking and tried to go inside myself um, and try to understand who I actually was because it's easy to be the founder of a business. Who are you? I'm Mills. I, I, you know, I've, I, everyone knows he, he, 
he runs us to and he loves it and that's his number one and he doesn't have any passion outside of us two. That's a real dangerous place to be as I found because I hadn't, when, it, when us two, the thing that kept me going was very fragile and I was thinking it was the thing that was killing me, I had nothing to fall back on and you know, it was a, it was a really dark but, but, but great place to be. So I haven't really answered who I am, I just had to give you that background, but who am I? I'm someone at deep, well, I've actually now found that I'm someone with ADHD, so last week I got um, I diagnosed that. with ADHD, which, be, which is, which, funny enough, um, you know, I'm still debating whether or not I, I experiment with a medication that you can definitely take, but, you know, just knowing that so many of my quirks and so many of the things, my impulsivity, my sort of, my sort of, very, um, very emotional, almost too emotional. My my ability to change trap very easily without really thinking about the sort of the effects it has on other people that are sort of working with me. All these things that I'm able to now put into like I understand why I do that now means that you know I'm not entirely sure I need to even consider taking the medication. I probably will just because I'm sort of I'm, the impulsivity in me also says it's better to know than not know. But um, I'm someone that massively cares. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about how to be a, a better person as I'm never a bad person, a good person, but I just think I, get a, I, I know that I get a lot out of other people's being better. So I think my JFDI cast that I, that I, I talk on every day was just a chance for me to be me, and I've always been someone that talks very openly and have never, probably because I haven't had a boss before, I've never felt the need to varnish anything or make anything look better than it is actually I felt perhaps I felt like an opportunity to stand out is actually to stand up and be the joker but also be very you know be not be afraid to talk about the dark times and I think often if you open up and you're, you you show empathy and you show um, vulnerability I think that endears people to you and I'm, I dislike people I, I like the honesty that you show is it, it no, well number one it's, it's utterly attractive people People love it, mm. and the vulnerability that you show is um, is really pure. Number two, it's permission for others to feel the same. It's, it's actually number it's three what is, is leadership. Mm. That that that's what it is. And you know, I, I, when I saw you put on Instagram about, it, I kind of wonder how you didn't know before. Mm. I kind of wonder why yeah, this was a surprise, and I feel really bad saying that because the first time I met you, a lot of people said, this. "I'm like, yeah, obviously, yeah," but you didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't. I knew something. I'd say Lisa's always liked me because she says I'm odd, and um, I've always, I've always felt different. I mean, different from what you could argue, but I've always felt like there's always been a need for me to, to. If I stand out, I want it to be stand out because I'm different. Yeah. And even if that means I'm the joker, or he does, or even if I don't take things seriously, you're meant to take everything seriously. I don't. I've always, I've always liked that. I mean, it's a weird thing when you find out. So actually, this this year of like, you know, I, I, I get rid of alcohol. I go, I lose a lot of weight, you know, and I start thinking that losing weight is the is the is the thing that makes you happy, and and I start. I start getting, you know, I get up super early and I go for huge walks and I achieve this 100 mile ultra marathon and ultimately it doesn't, I don't know, extremes, the difficulty of the extremes is, oh, I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I've always loved, I've no, loved being on the extreme. I like, I'm, I'm happy, I want to be the high as I can be, 
however I get there, and I'm willing to take the extreme lows with it. Do you uh, end up chasing extremes? Do you end up? Do you end up wanting to go to the next? Yeah, level? I think that's yeah, definitely. I did, I think I think I like now. I've, I mean, it's, I, I, I subsequently went back to drinking again, and that's because I just felt confident that I had worked a lot out. You know, through through this year and a half, I took out. Of when I say took out, I just I started doing this podcast where first of all it just started because someone asked my for my, some advice on how to run, so I thought like, I'll just record something, you know. And I think then I just realised that actually I just I just talked very openly every day, and I started to teach myself that you know I think a lot of people don't say things because they're worried how people will react, and I just felt like every day I'm going to purposely say things that you're meant to not say let's say or you know I'm not meant to talk about the fact that we've lost loads of money here or I'm going to you know and you realize that a no one's re- I mean some people are listening but there's very rarely a reaction you pre- presume is going to happen if you say something or if you're being truthful and actually what happened is it, my 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 sort of rantings people would email me and I would, I would, I would ask people to email me and say that if you know, if, if it's something I'm saying resonates that let's talk and let, I'm just trying to connect with people I, I love that though it's oh, it, it, you're so open you're a beautiful soul, mm, thank you. and um, and you can feel that. And I and I see I see a lot of similarity between the two of us. Mm. In that, for a long time, and please forgive me if what I'm saying isn't you, no. but for a long time, I I confused who I was with who I was trying to project. Mm. And the successes of my business, which was called Eco Three, I ran for ten years. We were really good at what we did. Not on the same scale as you. We only had like nine people, but but we were leading like sustainability and yeah. all, all that stuff. I became so wrapped up with the projection of self through business success that the people closest to me were kind of left out a little bit. And the person closest to me, me, I was unrecognisable. Mm. And, and I wasn't nasty. Like you, you said it beautifully. I became a nicer person. It's not that you were bad or nasty. None of those things exist, were, were, were true. But I wasn't being as good as I could have been. Mm. And these words are really laden. What is what is good? What is kind? What, 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 what do these things mean? But to be trustworthy, honest, open, vulnerable, and yet still strong, that's what I aspire to be now. And, and yes, I can't do that and be a lard ass and eat too much and drink too much. And cutting away, I, I love a drink, a glass of wine once a week, yeah, is, is twice a week is all I go to now. Because I know... What I'm, what I know, what I should be doing, and I know how I can be a better Mark. I hate the name Mark. Better Shayla than um, I do hate the name Mark. Oh, I don't like my first name. That's I don't even know what your first name is. It's Matt, actually, but that's it's Matt Miller, and that's what I've always. But I've always loved Mills and Sinks. I've always loved Sinks because I, you try to sort of show a more jovial side of your. You know, I think I think hopefully it endears you. Our Mills, it, yeah. it doesn't sound formal. I think it's maybe that's and and people call me Shayla they don't call me Mark very few people call me like I'm, I'm, I'm Shayla and it's taken me a long time to get my head around that I fucking love it now now uh, that was amazing and you are like, the biggest bag of energy I, you don't know this right you don't know this at all but I talk about you every time I do my presentation workshop <laughs> I talk about this tight bundle of energy and the, 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 the words that come out at a million miles an hour and the thought processes that are are kind of tantric and tangential and they go everywhere and and I and I say you know from a technical point of view there's loads we could correct about that but I'd lose Mills mm, yeah like, that, you've no. got to be you when you present 
and you are utterly you. And I always give the example of, of you speaking at that do stress day where you were, you were utterly you and you weren't running around because you were sat down but your mind was racing and, and even though you were stationary, none of us were. Um, and then um, Louisa Thompson-Britt spoke, I think, a few after you and she just came and sat down at the front of the stage. I don't know if you remember, she talked about, is it Huga, Huga, the Danish art of, of being comfy. And, um, and she just leant forwards and I said, they were both utterly captivating and both completely different. So you, you come up once every two or three weeks in my, in my presentations. Well, I think that's what I'm trying. I, I try to, I mean, living your real you, um, blimey, that sounds deep. Um, it takes, it does take a lot of courage. I mean, I mean, when I properly, properly met you at Do this year, where we, you know, when you meet good people, um, you just get on, don't you? You just, you just, you just know straight away there's just an immediate impact. And, you know, I remember we had that, that um, yoga session where it was really deep for a it few was. of us. It was, and it was just immediate and it was nice. And I think you actually gave me the confidence because going into that Do, I was quite fearful because I'd said to David, um, you know, you asked me to do the presentation of my life and you've got to be prepared. And I said, I'm, I need you to know that I'm prepared to fail because I'm just going to go up and stand on that stage. I'm not, I'm, I haven't thought about what to talk about because I need to connect and I need to, I need to be able to just be raw because the idea for me of presenting something isn't who I am. I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. I can just be with the energy and I'm very honoured that I've been invited. So. I remember standing outside just before and getting quite upset because when you're with someone like you, that you, you, you allow me to be vulnerable. You know, I was just about to go on. I was like, I am scared, Mark, because I'm doing Shayla. Uh, and, I, um, and I'm just about to stand up and I'm super scared. I've got my, par my parents, my kids in the crowd. They never come to these things. And, and I'm just going to be me. And people are not, a lot of people are not going to be able to understand why I'm being like I am and that's okay like I, I used to want to make everyone like me and then you realize that that's not the job of everyone like some some people will connect with me and if I can connect with some people on a really tight scale that will mean that other people have no chance of connecting with me and that's fine it doesn't mean they don't like me it just means I'm not for them that's um that really resonates with me I the kids would say that's very relatable um, <laughs> I spent 10 years wearing my small little eco-design agency with the, the sole aim of wanting people to like me and, I, and, I, I and I'm really say. good at presenting and, and I'd go on stage and I'd forget that actually what I was presenting I was presenting the, the kernel of an idea that needed the seed that needed to grow and, and, the, and the other thing I was presenting was, was how beautiful my work was so that people would, would buy me I don't mean that in a clumsy buy me don't, don't tell me you're funny make me laugh it's my presentation motto and I I'd sit down and if people said nice things and said I made and, 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 and bought me and, and um, said I was funny and that they liked me and they should stay in touch but they didn't buy off me that was good enough mm. it's not fucking good enough you need you know you said it once and I really liked it if you're not making money you're not a business mm. so I needed to correct that and then I needed to disassociate my ego from being liked my friend James Victoria, who's coming, you coming to do this year? I'm not actually this year. We're not. Well, you know what? We had such a good time last year that we felt we needed to put a year between. It them. was. I think it was so impactful for me and my family that it, I just didn't want to destroy it straight away. Coming back, you know, we had everything. The weather was perfect. The people. The fact that I would be invited to talk helped. So I just we wanted to just give ourselves a break. Between. I, I get that. Well, James Victoria's coming this year. Brilliant. So he's a uh, he's an artist. He's a massive 
mentor of mine. We're really good friends as well as me massively looking up to him. And he's got this, got loads of great sayings. Warrior, not warrior, which I got tattooed here. But also, um, the thing that made you weird as a kid makes you brilliant today, which I utterly love. Um, and then he's got one, and he says, "You are not for everybody, just the sexy people." <laughs> and, and you know what, Mills? It took me so long to get my head around that. My job is not to be liked, and don't, I'm not offended if you don't if you don't like me. And it's taken me a long time. And I did this incredible, I've done a load of, kind of sound like a complete basket case, I've done a load of self-work, so I've done a lot of stuff called Mankind Project, which is amazing, and there's a women's version called Woman Within, equally amazing. But I did this thing, my first experience of this was a, oh, 20 years ago now, a friend of mine said, come and do this weekend, it's called the Institute of Self-Actualization, and it's 500 quid, and it's amazing. It, right, it's, it's not amazing, it's not as good as the Mankind Project, but it was good. Mm. But the most powerful exercise on it was to say, was to go and find someone at lunch and have lunch with someone that you didn't like the look of. Wow. And they had, to, and, and someone had to come and find you. And and of course, the whole point of this is, you don't even fucking know it. Oh my God, I know this. So you're not dealing with anything about them, you're dealing with everything about you. And, and your job as someone that's been selected because someone doesn't like the look of you, is just to listen while they explain why they don't like you. Well, they don't like you based on what on your appearance. Based on what they what, yeah. what they can see, your mannerisms, your hair, your clothes, whatever it is. Um, and it, how do you react to that? Oh, how are you meant to react to it? Well, you're you're not meant to react because it's not you; it's them. Oh, I see what you mean. They're they're projecting what they they're think. They're projecting. It's not real. And it's all about their own insecurity. The reason you don't like confident people or arrogant people is because you you're maybe a little less confident and maybe a little more timid, or maybe you're the same and you they're arrogant in you. I don't know what it is. So I, 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 I was chosen immediately, which is always a bad side in my, but it isn't at all. This woman came up to me and she said, I want to, you know, I want to have chosen you. And I said, okay. And she said, um, I don't like the way you carry yourself when you walk. You, you know, f physically, you, there's something not right about it. You're almost like embarrassed about yourself. And of course, I was. I said there was some truth in that. There was some truth in that. But actually, I, you don't say anything. And then she says, so I think what that's saying about me is I don't like people who are, who are, who are confident in an unconfident way. I don't, I don't know what it is, she said, because you do seem confident, but you just carry yourself clumsy. It's not even clumsy. And we have this really And I, I can say nothing, right? I'm just reflecting. And then I just say, you know, thank you for your observations. And so what you're saying there, cause this is interesting. Cause so, so we obviously have, we talked just earlier on about Snask and, um, yeah. and Freddie. And... Eric, isn't it? And um, and I, when I first met them a couple of weeks ago in Australia, the, the doors opened. I was out in the hotel foyer because they were speakers as well, and they walked through their long hair, their leather jackets, and in my head, and to think, I said, "Oh God, what wankers! These guys are going to be awful," you know. And I've never met two people that I love more. In fact, we've all got the same tattoos now. We've got them that few days, and we over those few days, I don't think I've ever got anyone more wrong. You know, it just, your appearance is not who you are. It's amazing. And people get that with me because I wear shorts and I wear fluorescent socks and I wear a hat and I only wear T-shirts even if I go to 10 Downing Street. And people, I guess people, you have to be willing to be judged if you're going to look like that. But you're, you're, you know what, you're absolutely right. And there's so much to talk about here. Um, the, the 10 years where I rang Co 3, I wore a suit. And I was pretending to be an adult. 
and a successful business person. So you felt the suit was the thing. Felt, yeah, and, and do you know what? To this day, I don't wear the same kind of suit. No, I can imagine what you wear. A good suit, um, no. I wear like a fun suit. It's a copy of a Tom Ford suit, actually. It's bright white, red, and blue checks. That's not a Brexit statement. It's not that kind of check. And, um, and if I'm feeling a little uncertain, if I'm going into a meeting where I'm not quite, I will choose that, that suit. Oh, so if you're feeling uncertain, you will actually go for the, the more. Wow, because I think I'll go the opposite. If I'm not. Because again, you're bringing more attention to yourself. Yeah. So if you're, that's pretty brave then. It is, but it's my it's it, it's my armour, and I feel fucking invincible in that. It's one particular suit for invincible. Is in that because you think well, people will, they'll think this guy must have a shit together if he's willing to turn up like this? Do you know what? I've never thought that deeply, but yes, I'm certain that's part of it. Because normally I wear, I've got I've got a collection of ridiculously flowery trousers and wear a big old imitation fur coat and stupid shoes, and and I'm really comfortable with the fact that I look. I look, often I look really feminine in, in the clothes that I choose to wear. My tattoos are really feminine and I'm really comfortable with, with, with that. I choose the suit because I feel supremely confident in it. Wow. And I still do it. Those 10 years are in the past and I didn't enjoy them. I, at the time I thought I did. Looking back, I didn't. But I, it's funny that I will gravitate towards the symbol of success that I felt it was then. Mm. It was a dark suit with a little pinstripe. It wasn't the flamboyance that we've got now, right? That I've got now. But it is really interesting how we perceive we should dress for things. And what I liked about, well, I've only ever seen, I've only ever seen you in shorts. Well, I don't have anything else. I, I, I actually have nothing but shorts. And even I'm going to a black tie event in a few weeks, and I said to Lisa, I'm not going to go to it. And then she found me these black black tie shorts oh, that's fantastic I thought I don't want to suddenly it's weird though hearing you say that because I think I would struggle to wear a suit a nice suit that I'm sure Lisa would think I look very beautiful in or handsome and I would just feel like I wasn't able to be me I'd feel really really vulnerable it's like I guess this is my armour and it's not a, like you know, these are cheap t-shirts from Instagram and cheap jeans and shorts and fluorescent socks but I just I would hate to I just I feel nothing without it but that, and, and that's... So I'm trying to project sort of... I'm trying to project a, a very relaxed look. I, I want people to, to think nothing of me. And, and, you, and you do project that under the counter, like that kind of like not, not, not a, a leader, but they're so confident in themselves that they don't need to have the embellishments of success. That one particular suit, I just love it mm. because people stop me in the fucking street. I, I, it's catnip for the middle-aged, later-aged woman, um, and people walking down Oxford Street, I get stopped maybe 20 times wearing that suit. I was wearing it the other day, I was walking through, I went to stay at Daisy's house, my daughter lives in um, Leighton, and I was walking down from her house to Leighton Tube Station, and I got stopped three times and told how great that suit wow. was. I mean, that, that's... So that's maybe that's why I wear it. That's, that's confidence, and I guess that gives you something. Because I, I remember when I first started the JFDI cast, I was super... I mean, I started because I was so... I wasn't confident, really, even though you know I could stand up and I, you know, I built this big company with sinks, and there's an, hundreds and hundreds of people, but they were my tribe. So you know, I kind of felt like I'd done it from day one, so it was normal. But the idea of putting myself out there on, you know, to the world, and no one might listen, or even worse, someone might listen, and then they might email me and tell me they don't like what I'm saying. So Do you I, fear that? Do you fear, that's really interesting. I definitely did at the beginning. So when I started a year and a half ago, you know, I'm down in this what I call the Dungeon of Doom and I'm sitting doing this podcast on myself on my phone and I put it out there and and you know I was then eventually I get the confidence to maybe do it in the middle of Clapham Common. So I would always make sure there's no I could the nearest person might be a couple of hundred meters ago. They wouldn't hear what I'm saying so I can do it. 
And you build up and you build up because I think some of it is you're so worried that people are actually listening. It's like, they're so, they must be interested in me. I'm the epicenter of my world, so they must think I'm. And then you realise, and, and it came through just doing it every day, that now I can walk down the clap, I can walk through town now just talking to myself and you, because I know that no one's listening. You know, so I, it built me up, it built me up, it gave me a huge confidence to be, to be able to further be myself. And, and now I do it, you know, not many people listen to it, you know. A few hundred people a day maybe listen to it, but I'm not about. I'm trying to build like a deep empathy and and say things that hopefully trigger reactions in other people that that might be useful because it makes me feel good if they tell me that I've helped help them just thinking. You know, like when I put out this post about ADHD, you know, I probably was a bit embarrassed of it to start with. I'm not sure how I meant to to sort of compute hearing this. Um, but then, you know, straight away I got people emailing me from, not, not loads, but people email me go, thanks for putting that out there, it's making me think maybe I should go and get tested or maybe I should consider getting my kids the drugs and all this. And so I just think it's all confidence building, isn't it? And, and being, but, but when I, do, I went down to, when I met the SNAS guys down in Australia, I was doing a, a big talk, that was my biggest, 800 people. And I said to Matt, who runs the design festival, I said, look, I'm not going to come down and talk about design because I don't want... I don't really have an opinion on design. Like I, I work with people who have huge opinions, but I personally, I'm more interested in like. M- it sounds like focused on myself because it is, but my own journey, and I'm, I'm hopefully my journey through the failures that I've had can help others. So I said I will stand on that stage, but I'm not going to. Pres- I'm not going to have any slides. I'm just going to come up with whatever I come up with, and I did. It took a lot out of me because, like, crikey, 45 minutes of just talking about things that come into my head live on that stage. I mean, it basically turned into a comedy show. I mean, I, and you realise subsequently that he put me on at the end of the day because he wants people to go away feeling like uplifted. There's no accident in the timing. No, I realise, you know what, I learned that and I realised the arc of what he does each day with the impact of one at the beginning, then the sort of, I wouldn't say fillers, the sort of really proper, efficient talkers, and then the joke, basically, the stats one the next day yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day. But it gave me such a it gave me such a confidence to to be on stage, um, and just just talk about whatever came into my head. Basically, I did a JFDI cast live on stage with eight hundred people. That's what you do best. Are you dyslexic? I'm dyslexic as well. Yes, yeah. so I always knew I was dyslexic, and uh, and now you know now I'm sort of being able to compute the ADHD part as well. But um, the, 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 dyslexia is a gift. ADHD is a gift. You know, people who think differently are, are, are the kind of people that shift us on. If we if we if we stay in our in our lane, if we stay in, in, in the simple way of thinking that everybody else has, and I'm not knocking it, it no, it's no, no, great. I mean, I mean, I mean. that's fine. You've got to be a friend of mine, Tara LeMay, she says, um, you've got to be two standard deviations from normal. And I fucking love it because otherwise you're just normal, and that's okay. Mm. We need normal, but you're not going to invent Monument Valley, you're not going to develop something as utterly beautiful and, and, and sector changing as us two if you're normal. Mm. And so giving yourself permission to do what you do in the way that you do it, or do what I do in the way that I do it, and it really matters. And I've only found the confidence to do this in the last six years. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% with, I'm 100% with you. Finding that, I mean, my confidence came by actually realizing that in order for us to truly succeed going forward, I needed to step out of it. So Sinks and myself re-engineered the business for the last few years to allow it to flourish without us. So we are still, I guess, the sort of the, the, the leaders at the top, if you have to call it that for want of a better word, but actually our, we don't, we actually giving it the time and the leaders their own space to, to take it to the next level. Like I think we've taken it, we, we were very good at starting things, but we're, we're not, we're not, 
like operators going forward, and we're not we're not good enough for that. And I think to 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 let go and to let others thrive is is a humbling thing. And it took definitely a couple of years to sort of re, to really think about who I actually am. And, but I think good leadership is about when knowing where to stand down. And now my I think my role is just to my role now is to 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 really learn how to be a family man again you know that's the thing I learned from you know and it and I started doing that with the two lectures because last year because that was the first time I brought my family with me to see me do a you know a very a, a talk for me that was about me really getting out of the comfort zone and and, and just standing behind what I believed that I could just be me live and do you know what you I really enjoyed your company last year in a very difficult do lectures for me for yeah we talked about it talked about it and I was uncertain as to where I fitted and who was my friend and all that kind of stuff. You were an incredible anchor for me at that at that point. Your family were also beautiful. You looked like a complete. You said you weren't a family man. You'd ever felt like that in the past, mate. You look like one now. You feel like one now. You should be super proud of what your kids do. I get a snippet of it. I actually see Lisa's Instagrams more than yours. I think that's the al- algorithm. Yeah, but she, she, my, my, my Instagram, she's always sort of felt a bit down that I never post about her or the kids, but I've always used my channel more as a sort of like, a, you know, a sort of highlighting what us two is. It's never sure. been my family, because because actually I thought, you know, what's family? But Lisa's channel is all about, you know, it's just for her and her kid, her kid, her kids and my. So it's all I like it knowing that other people follow that because that gives you that gives you a real flavour of what I'm actually like as well. Yes, um, it does. It's a three sixty degree. Is it, you get it's, more. It's, it's beautiful, and she's really good at it. She's really good at it. She's really, and I think you know to be to be a, a good human, you need a bit of everything. You can't just be the extreme focus on family. You know, you. I'm oh, sorry, extreme focus on work. Um, you've got to try a bit of everything, Kim. Totally, and, uh, and I'm going to end with, because we could talk forever, and I dare say we're going to do this again. Um, I'm going to talk to you about partnerships. Mm. So, um, us two, yep. it's really clear, it's us two. Yep. You talk about sinks with such affection um, that that partnership is in, clearly incredibly important to you. I've seen your partnership with Lisa, and I feel... I've got a similarly strong, strong partnership with my, my wife, and it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's pure. Could you have done this without Sinks? Could you be a better person without Lisa? How, how, the question is this. How does the whole become bigger than the sum of its parts? And how have you done that twice? Well, I mean, I've, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I think I point in the post I wrote about ADHD, I, I sort of highlighted the fact that really one of the reasons that I think I was, I, I was unable to see the ADHD was because I was kind of protected really by the two doers in my life, which is Sinks and my wife Lisa. And they've always been there. They've always loved me for who I am. I think they love me even more now that they know about they, that, they, that there's a reason for my behaviour. Um, but yeah, they've always made it so easy for me to be myself. And it's actually, it's a very humbling thing when I think about it now. It actually makes you feel quite emotional because they literally give me all the space to be me. They've, and, I, and sometimes you've got to wonder why they do that. Maybe they, you've got to assume they actually like me. But I, I don't know, I, just, I think I've been able to, I think my, my, quir- my quirkiness... You, you need, you always need... Like, I wouldn't be who I am without Lisa and I wouldn't be who I am without Sinks. And without all the great people that I meet, they they 
they just give me they give me the confidence and the belief in myself to be me and that's that I think that's what I try to do now actually on a day to day like try to if I meet people just try to be you know to listen and try to remind somebody that you know, other people do care about them because like I know the confidence I get from them caring about me and them always being there for me through thick and thin that kindness has been sadly missing so much of business and so many of people's interactions and this has been a joy and I can't thank you enough um, it's been a long time coming actually um, I felt the need to reach out to you over the last year numerous times and it's, ju it's just not quite worked I've been busy or you've been done I've seen you're away and I just thought mm, it'll happen when it happens don't ever be ashamed of your two standard deviations from normal don't ever be ashamed of the labels that come with ADHD but don't become them no, I think, I think you're males and you're fucking bigger than ADHD and you're and you're arguably bigger than us too, and I don't mean that in a in a negative. No, no, in a negative. Well, you're more. You're more. Than I think I've I've learned that I'm more than that. And there's more for me to learn from life, and you know, success or you know, success now is not about what I thought I perceived it must be about people thinking that I've achieved great things. It was never about the money, but it was about probably oh Mills, he's different, he's quirky, but he still succeeded. That doesn't make any sense. I like that, but and now my success is coming from being able to. I mean, life I've learned is about those times where we had me and you, where we just didn't know each other at the do lectures, and yet we were able to be more deeper and connected in a way that I can't even be with a lot of my friends. You know, it was just some people you just meet where it's a very special moment. I, I just want to find, I just like when I find those people, just like you can just be, you can just appreciate love and laughter. It's just wonderful. I agree with you, but you invite that. And oh, people who are more closed than you don't ever, will often ponder, and, and uh, I get this a lot, How, why do people talk to you? Why do they open up to you? Because I'm open. Why do people talk to you? Why do they love you? Because you're open. And we've got to stay that way. Mate, that was an utter joy. Thank you so much, buddy. The shake. Pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that. Mills is just amazing. One of the most honest and... The word is... Um, energetic people I've ever met. And I kind of find it... I kind of am surprised that he didn't... He didn't realise he got attention deficit. Um, and it's a gift. It's not a curse. It... it, it we need to embrace the differences and the foibles that, that we all have rather than seeing them as a, as a kind of something to slow you down. That They can actually speed you up. And even the terminology at school, even the kind of special needs terminology or the, the, the supported student terminology, it's just not helping. And so I think it just demonstrates... I mean, literally nearly everyone I speak to has um, dyslexia um, and, um, and many other other kind of challenges but they're not challenges they're, they're enablers and, and we forget that so look I hope you enjoyed it I you know I clearly I really did and um the work that that he does and and that, that him and Sinks do as us too is genuinely world-class so um what I really enjoy about him is his honesty about how he has moved beyond what he's comfortable with and, and, and how he needs other people to come in and run the business now and that's rare. People cling on with their fingernails to, to, to that kind of control and it's actually a gift to be able to step back.
So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you did, let me know. If you didn't, let me know. Um, mark at thisisape.co.uk. If you've got anybody that you would suggest or recommend, um, please um, send them my way. And uh, have an amazing day. Thank you.